and welcome to Won't You Sing With Me, a podcast by me, Camille Harris from the Silly Jazz Band. Join me as I talk to fellow children's musicians about their work. Why do they make children's music? What's important about it? What makes a good children's song? What is different between a kid's song versus an adult song? And why do they do what they do? This is a podcast for fellow children's musicians, as well as educators and parents. But little ones can listen as well. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy the conversation. Hello. Today we're going to be with Anne Taralba, also known as Little Miss Anne. She's a Chicago-based, nationally touring kids musician who has made seven award-winning family music albums. She's also a former public school teacher, an instructor at Chicago's iconic Old Town School of Folk Music, a social justice activist, and a first-generation Filipina-American. Whether Anne is singing about Ube, a Filipino purple yam, or the 606, a landmark trail in Chicago, her music themes will inspire kids to let their own light shine in their own families as well as in their communities. I've been following Little Miss Anne for many years, and I'm a super fan, and I've listened to a lot of your songs, and so I'm really excited to be talking to you today. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you, and it's great to see you. Yeah, you too. Really nice. Thank you. It's Ube. Is that right? Ube. Yeah, you got it. I should have asked about that before, but I got it. No, I've had that, so I I thought it was right. There's a Filipino restaurant near my house. Yeah, and I love taro, and Mm -hmm. so I am familiar with Ube because of that restaurant, which also is a delicious spam dish. That's a beautiful, (laughs) beautiful color on the taro. But yeah, spam is very big in Asian cultures. Mm, And it's delicious. It's delicious. Yep. (laughs) And welcome. I'm so happy you're here. And I'm, yeah, I've been really looking forward to talking to you because I've, you know, seen your posts. I've seen the activism you've done to create more space for all different voices in the children's music world. I've been observing you and, you know, we communicate every so often on Facebook, but I really think that what you do is, uh, is admirable and inspiring as a musician myself. And also I think your songs are super fun. I love your new spring song, but I've listened even back to the one from like 2008, I guess was your first album. Also, I see in your videos the way that kids respond to you. And I saw most this picture recently of that little boy holding your hand. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) It's that was so, very cute. We, and I just can, I have I can, very cute fans. I'm sure I know. I do too. I love my fans. I but yeah, they're they're the best. And it's just really special to see um, you know, the way people respond to you. And I know that you have some really well thought out ideas about children's music and the direction that the genre can be heading in. And I just am really glad that you're gonna be here on this podcast because I created this podcast to, you know, I didn't have any, I didn't go to school for early childhood development. I didn't learn. Everything I've learned is through, you know, practice and through working with kids and see how they respond. But I, I kind of am making this my own little masterclass and forever who else listens to kind of pick the brains of all these amazing people around me and musicians and children, uh, music creators, because I'm, want to learn more and and just hear what people have to say. So thank you for coming. Of course. And what a great idea. What a great way to learn more. Yeah. And I hope that other people can listen because it's, I think that, you know, we see glimpses of what people's thoughts are on social media, or, you know, in our, in our Facebook groups that we have. 
and different, you know, publicity posts and stuff that people do. But I'm really and really enjoying these conversations because there's a lot of theory behind children's music. It's not just being silly. You know, people are being very purposeful. I know I'm very purposeful in the music I make and the ideas behind what I make. So yeah, I'm really happy you're here. How did you even get into children's music? Well, I was a former Chicago public school teacher and I was a mom, but I was feeling kind of grouchy every day and just didn't feel like it was the right environment to inspire kids. So I finally made the decision to walk away from teaching full time. I had a pension, all that. And my daughter was about three and I decided to make an album. We had just bought our house and I didn't have much of a savings but I used all my savings to make my first album without any thoughts about what was next. This was over 15 years ago. And honestly, I've been busy ever since. I have not <laughs> stopped at all. And it's, I can't, you know, it's really cheesy and it's really cliche to say, you know, when you love what you do, you don't, you don't feel like you've worked a day. So for the most part, I've had like all highs and very few lows. And because I just really love children, I love to inspire them. I feel when I look out into the crowd and I see them, that I just feel a lot of hope and I feel a lot of joy. And so um, maybe I might be a little bit, you know, cynical outside of, you know, when I do concerts sometimes, but when I'm doing shows and I see the joy that people feel and like express, it just, for the moment right then and there for, you know, 45 minutes, I just feel like the world is all good. (laughs) That's wonderful. I feel that way too. And, you know, I played in bands, like you know, because I know that you made the transition and I played in bands um, for many years, but for me, it was more for fun. I played for adults and people often ask me, you know, do you ever play for adults? And I'm like, no, (laughs) I really don't want to play for adults anymore. I really like playing for kids. And I think you really have to have a connection with kids and love kids to continue doing this Really, you really, really have to love love kids and understand kids and connect with kids. It is partly about the music, but I've seen many people that play music that can't connect with the kids. So it our genre is very different in the way that it's it's very much not just about the mastery of your instrument. It's also about the participation and like connecting with the audience and that's one thing that's a little bit different about our genre, I think. In oh, my yeah, I, I would agree. Well, I know just from practice, I came in being like, I'm a jazz singer and musician, you know, and and yeah. I had written a silly song because I was also a comedian. I'd written this silly album and I, I had given it to people being like, this is for grownups. Silliness is important for grownups. Yes, it is. But the people that really kind of were most affected by my music were people between the ages of zero and five. <laughs> oh, fun. What a fun way. To, yeah. And I didn't expect it. Once I really started listening to my audience, you know, which are little guys, little little people, the tiny humans that listen to our music, that once you start really listening to them as humans and as people with needs that are specific to our genre, it kind of, it was a really exciting shift in terms of knowing what to make for them. Yes. And and I wasn't saying anything against people that play music for oh, adults. Just so you know, yeah. it's I just mean, more know. that it's where my passion lies. I mean, everyone, you know, I get asked to do other types of events and 
really, I just find the most joy out of doing, um, playing, performing for kids. And that's what, and I'm glad I found my passion in life and I'm glad I found what I love to do and what I'm pretty good at doing. So I'm really happy about that because sometimes people just never find that. So it's really nice to find your calling. So what do you think makes it about your music? Why do you think kids respond so well to your songs? I have my ideas about because I, I really like your stuff. And um, But what is it that you think? Like, what have you put into it that you see children responding to? Well, I definitely have a different perspective, first of all, because there are, right now there's very, very few um, Asian American Pacific Islander family music artists. And so some of my messages are coming from a different perspective. And I think that message is important. And I think it's definitely important for people from marginalized communities to have people representing them. But in the mu- as far as the music itself, I really do, I never, I mean, I personally, I have nothing against people that use different voices or have a, this different tone for kids, but I really don't change. I'm singing the same as I would if I were to play at a, like a folk, folk concert or a rock concert or a punk rock concert. Like I don't change my affect on my, t- my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying, Hey everybody. And I'm not, there's nothing, I have nothing against that. It's just not my style. No, Yeah. What's yours. That, that, I mean, that is the question. Like, what is your style? What are you bringing to it? Yeah. So I'm, uh, I mean, I, I love indie rock. I love, you know, all types of music. I like really depressing music. That's like my favorite thing to listen to <laughs> yeah. like Phoebe Bridgers or, you know, just really depressing music. Um, but you know, <laughs> And that's a real emotion too. I mean, I've got some some downer songs too. I mean, we have to sh- share the whole range of emotions with kids. And Absolutely. so I do love to spread joy, but I also, some of my recorded music, you know, there's some topics. I mean, not anything too scandalous or anything like that, but kids are being inundated with so many messages. And so it's really, I think a lot of people... Your regular parent, if you go out and look for music, like a lot of people think, oh, we need to listen to the Bluey soundtrack or, or you know, um, the Encanto soundtrack, which is amazing. Yeah. But a lot of people don't realize that there's such a huge, immense, diverse world of every, every like jazz, hip hop, everything in kids' music. And yeah. so it's amazing and it's incredible. It's awesome. It is. It's, um, you know, I try to represent the jazz side of things. You know, I like to, yeah, uh, I like that. to explore, I like to show that to kids because I, you know, kids love swing music. They love when it swings and I can oh, yeah. see there's times I've played the same song and it's more swinging as they say one day and that's when the kids are dancing. And I'm like, okay, that was more, that was more of swinging, you know, like they definitely know. My friend was just reflecting that he was playing with this other band that was like, they, the Lincoln Center has these um, jazz for kids programs. And so he was saying they had played this one funk song and he was saying, like, I would have thought that funk is what people dance to. That's what we kind of are taught that people dance to. But then the kids weren't kind of just listening. And then when oh, they switched wow, to a swing song, the kids just started dancing. He's like, and these kids don't know anything. These are two and three year olds. They don't know they're supposed they to be just dancing respond or not. To it, huh? that they wow. just were responding to swing music. And, you know, I don't necessarily do like old school swing stuff, but there's definitely swing in and my stuff. And, I, and it's cool to see there's a blank slates. Nobody knows what they're supposed to like or not, you know? Yeah. And there's space for all different types of music and kids music, which I think is really nice. 
I also think I have like a, another thing about my music is I have a kind of unique voice, I think. And for a long time, I didn't like it. And, and I've just started to realize it's my own voice. And I, I think it's a good thing if you can pick out a voice out of like, you know, a hundred. And so even though I don't do the perfect vocals or I can't hit the right notes all the time, I see myself more in the in the uh, Velvet Underground, you know, like Lou Reed, you know, who always yeah. who wasn't the perfect singer, but like that kind of singer rather than the perfect pitch, which I also respect and love too as well. I wish I could, but so anyway, that's I've just kind of embraced that my style, and you know, and that's one thing that's taken me a long time and to discover and to kind of explore. So. I think, I mean, your voice is this nice alto voice or like a deep woman's voice. I think it's a lot of times, I, I don't hear that many children's musicians with a deep female voice, right? We hear True. men around that that timbre, that that those notes. But I I think back on a lot of the peop- the women in my life, there are a lot of women I know with these deep voices. There's this... Uh, I don't know, this kind of comforting feeling when you hear a woman with a deep voice. Like, it doesn't all have to be like, oh, hello, welcome, you know, or like, this is silly. This is fun stuff. This is me talking to a little kid. Uh, A lot of kids actually really, I mean, I think everyone likes to hear, uh, I don't know, the way that you sing and the way your melodies are, it kind of doesn't sound like you're trying to make it for kids. Does that make sense? Like, you're you're just, are, as you said, being you. And the authenticity is something that I think all people, but especially children, really respond to. Thank you. And that's your authentic self. And I like that about the way that you sing. Thanks. I appreciate that. Because, yeah, it does kind of have this, like, kind of uh, punk or, like, you know, like rock and roll kind of vibe in the way that you sing, you know, like your melodies. And I think that I can see the knowing that that's something that you've embraced about yourself. Like I can see that, like having listened to your stuff, that that is, that that's probably really effective too when you're performing. It feels very comfortable to me. Like that's, I, I, I was, you know, as I said, I was more in rock bands before I was. And I think that's one thing that's also a little different is like some people have only been singers, like, uh, solo acts but when you've played in rock bands as you know just playing in jazz band that uh relationship within the band and that you know being the the uh, for a person in front what's that called again the four front the, man, uh, front the man. lead yeah the front yeah. front woman or front man front woman front person <laughs> front person it's a different vibe than when you're when you're doing solo yeah so maybe that's been stored in my memory or something from those days, my younger days when I played at 10 p.m. rather than 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> 10 a.m. Yeah. is more my speed these days. Right, yeah. <laughs> rather than starting at 10 p.m. Right, yeah, definitely. I mean, you're a jazz person, so you know. Yeah, it's, I still start at 10 p.m. also. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah, I sometimes I'm have sure, to wake up for a silly jazz show at 10 a.m., so that's always fun. <laughs> that's why we're doing this at two o'clock. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I wonder, so do you, when you write music and you're writing lyrics, when you come up with some of these ideas that you have, do you think like, do you have any, do you know anything about like childhood development since you were a teacher that, in, that kind of informs the way that you write music? I would say no. I, I mean, yes, I do a lot of professional development for, um, I do talks. I just did the Illinois Library Association 
um, conference. I just gave the, I was a keynote speaker and I talk a lot about music and early childhood and the benefits, educational, physical, social, emotional. But I have to say, when I write music, I really don't, I think about themes, but I don't really think too much about specific words, just like a vibe and just, um, I do think a little bit about movement because I do a lot of movement and interaction so that people are moving. But I don't really think too much about what age it's for, you know, what it's doing to them. (laughs) Honestly, Mm -hmm. my first song I wrote was, you know, very simple. It was kind of counting by five and I was a teacher at the time. And that was specifically for kids to learn how to count by fives. And people still ask me to do that. It's a very simple song. But these days now, I just am trying to make a good song. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. (laughs) Yeah. You know, something that I can live with. (laughs) And uh, hopefully people will enjoy it. That's my attitude. Just trying to make a good song. I'm I'm really, I really do think a lot more about the parents too. I feel Uh like if the parents like it. It's really for the whole family. Um, yeah. Some of the songs I think people would like, they don't like as much as the songs that I didn't think they'd like. So there's no real rhyme or reason. Right. It's like, it's so individual and so subjective. Yeah. It's hard to That's, tell. It's, it is hard. To, it's sometimes hard to know. There's some things like, like, so I wrote the one song that I didn't expect people to like so much is the, my, I wrote a backwards alphabet song. Oh yeah. And, uh, it's, I mean, I wrote it for my voice students so they could, like, as a warm up, but also I thought, wouldn't it be fun, if, you know, to know the backwards alphabet? Yeah. And uh, yeah, now I have, you know, little fans who can sing it. And sometimes they come up on the mic and they'll sing. It's just so crazy. That's, like, yeah, that's great. No, and it's good to have those sprinkled in there for shows and stuff. I mean, it's great. But, like, for example, one, one song, like, some songs you just think are going to be go nowhere. I have a song called parts are greater than the whole. Mm-hmm. I was going to have one artist do it with me. And I wasn't, it wasn't completely baked when I went to go into the studio, but I really, I work with Dean Jones, who's amazing. And he is always, even if I just have an idea, he kind of helps me bring it over the finish line. And so this song wasn't completely baked and the other artist ended up having another commitment and he couldn't do it. And then I just thought it was going to be like the song that was like on like the last song or like yeah. that nobody would listen to. And then it ended up, then I asked my daughter who used to record with me early on. I'm like, well, you want to sing with me? And then she ended up singing. And then I was so proud because they started playing it on Sirius XM. It's so cool. live. And it was a song I did not think was going to be like people like, but the message was, I thought the message was good. It's called parts are great in the whole. It's just about how in math, the parts are never greater than the whole. But sometimes there's one thing about you that's bigger than you, that people, whether it's hope or whether it's your musical talent, and it's bigger than you and people are drawn to it or, you know, it's what makes you. Is that one one or two or three things, the parts, not the whole? That's really cool that your daughter was on that song also. I have to, I think I've probably listened to it because I basically listened to all of your, your tracks. Um, well, thank you. That and I'm excited. To, I'm going to go back and listen to it now thinking about it. Well, thank you. I mean, I probably know maybe a tenth of the notes that you know, but I try to, as far as like guitar chords or what do you, your main instrument is piano? Yeah. Yeah, piano. 
So I probably know a tenth of the notes, you know. And so I try to my best to use work with what I have. You know, I'm one of those people that maybe it comes off as simple, but it's also simple because that's that's the <laughs> that's the wealth of my knowledge when it comes to things. Well, I mean, my whole mindset in terms of music is that music is part of us, you know, and everyone is a musician and everyone creates music. So whether it's a bunch of more complex chords or just like a one, four, five song, those quote unquote basic songs, that doesn't necessarily that. mean that they're easy. Thank you. Thank you for affirming. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'll affirm that because you also, you know, if you, it's just funny you saying that, but like your albums don't, they don't seem that way. They don't seem like somebody who doesn't, you know, know that much music. So thank you. Because thank you, you. I'm the queen of I'm the queen of downplaying myself. So yeah. <laughs> thank you. you. I shouldn't do here. that. I should do that. I'm like, oh, kids out there, don't listen to me. Yeah, don't listen <laughs> to that part. You know, <laughs> kids, kids, you shouldn't. Something I think is really cool about you. Uh, is also that you are such a leader in the children's music community, I would say. Um, I appreciate how did, it. How did that come about? Like, how what made you start being like, you know what, let me just kind of take a, make this Kakuza Fest or make this, uh, take this step to kind of be a, a leader in this world, which is kind of full of disparate people from all over the country. But I think that you've brought a lot of people together. Like, how did that happen? Thank you. I appreciate it. And I've only been active in advocacy with music in the last three years. I was one of the founders of the Family Music Forward, and we met after George Floyd. Not sure, you know, if that's ever going to pick up again, honestly, but it did a lot for me and finding my voice very late in my life, honestly. We met like, uh, you know, once a week, sometimes or twice a month or sometimes you know, more and what we did together. And I learned so much from uh, so many of those people that I went on to like find my voice and speaking out against when I felt that something didn't feel inclusive. And it's in a lot of different, it's, it's, it's everywhere still, but we are all learning. And right now I'm on the board of the Children's Music Network. And I'm also a governor for the Chicago chapter of the Recording Academy, and I'm the DEI ambassador. So I've wow. found my voice later in life. And I mean, I you always did it through music. But as right. far as really advocating for just more marginalized communities, seeing themselves on stage, it's so much better in the last three years. It's done a 360. But I'd say before those last three years, a lot of things were not very diverse. I was always, almost always the only woman-led BIPOC artist on the stage, you know, leading for, for a lot of times. And now I'm playing in Oregon and it's cool because I saw the artist and it was like so diverse. And it was the first time I ever saw two Asian American people on, on the same bill Great. series leading. That's never, I've never seen that in 17 years. Wow. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, you know, just lots of different voices, LGBTQ plus, I mean, everybody needs to see themselves once in a while, just once in a while, you know? Yeah. It makes a difference. <laughs> yeah. I, I think back about how I, just as a musician, I loved piano. I, you know, I played piano, but my favorite musician growing up was Pat Metheny, the guitar, yeah. jazz guitar player. Yeah. And Somebody asked me a couple years ago, I'm so they said, I'm so surprised you don't play guitar. And I said, What do you mean? And they said, Well, you 
listened like almost exclusively to jazz guitar. You know, yeah. it's not just Sam Allen Holdsworth, a bunch of ja- jazz guitar players is like what I mostly absorb as a listener. And I thought, oh, that's that's funny. And I and I kind of <laughs> did some examination. I think I think that it's because I didn't see any female guitar players, but I did see a lot of female piano players. That's of so course, there's a lot, mostly male also like in, in the jazz world, you know, anyway, but I really didn't see that as an option for myself, which is, you know, and I was completely privileged. I could have picked any instrument I wanted. You know, I just think I didn't see it. And that was the, for me, the clearest example in my life of being like, oh, the representation probably would have made a difference if I had had any representation of, this is just for female and men, like yeah, female for guitar sure. players. No, and that's still, that's still a struggle. I still see you know, concert series or, you know, stages that are still lacking of female representation. Yeah. And that's just, you know, representation in terms of female and male. And that's not even going into, you know, being somebody who's not a white woman like myself, you know, like that's, that can, like, it's, it's understanding the concept of what representation means. Yeah. And I think as a children's musician, it's, it's my responsibility, especially children's musician in Brooklyn to not to, to make sure that my band is as diverse yeah. as possible every time I yeah. perform, you know, there's tiny steps we can take and you've made a lot of really big steps, especially I'd say, you know, as you said in the past three years to kind of create inclusivity yeah. and make it something that's uh, available for people to see, you know, and, and, and more available in, around the world. I think it's cool that you are a leader in that you've helped make more people available to, to be seen. Yeah. I mean, for example, I was asked to be a judge for um, like an award thing. Cool. But I turned it down because I didn't feel like it was diverse enough. And I didn't also feel like it was like the best our genre had to offer. It wasn't. Interesting. So, but mostly it was because it was not diverse enough. And right. I think that's a lot of people, especially as kids musicians, want to be allies. And the best thing you can do is if you're asked to be on a panel and there's no, there is not like any diversity and I'm not talking about half or even, or just none at all. Yeah. The best thing you can do is say, I can't be on this panel because there is not enough diversity or there are not enough women on this panel. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you, that that's it, the You don't best. want to be the token either. Yeah. <laughs> that just enables it. You know, when people feel like they filled a quota with you, it doesn't feel good. Yep. Exactly. So. But yeah. um, I'm very, very happy with the where the direction that everything is going. There's so many great black artists out there that are after one tribe. There's just so much good music out there right now. Yeah, there is. And I'm so happy of all genres, and I'm so happy that you're in it now. We need more jazz. We need all types of genres. We need some heavy metal. Where's our heavy metal? We'll get that one day. But everything else, we've got hip-hop, we've got you know, there's just so much great, great kids music of all all different styles and all, yeah, you know, it's awesome. Is. It's awesome. You know, when I, I came into the kids scene kind of in 2019 and then the pandemic happened and then I felt like I lost my momentum. And so now I have this new album that I'm going to be releasing. I'm really excited about Congrats. it. And, I, and I'm meeting people and talking to people like you. And it's exciting to see what people have coming up. It's like, do you have any plans? Do you have any things that you that are yeah thanks so much i do i'm really excited i've got um uh well i was gonna do a whole album but then they didn't seem to all the songs didn't all go go together so i decided to make 
I'm releasing two two little EPs, and great uh, one is called Dim Sum for Everyone, and that one is specifically for AAPI Month in May. Um, you'll hear some stuff again on Seriously Kids Place Live, and then I'm releasing one that has to do with for summer, um, summer songs. And then I just have a lot of great shows this summer that I'm really excited about. I'll be in D.C. I'll be in Oregon. I'll be in New York this week. So, um, yeah, so I'm really happy. Uh, Oh, I just got an award for um, the John Lennon songwriting. You did? I never applied. I never applied to these things. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. But you did. But you got that. Which song was it for spring? Welcome spring. Welcome spring. I love it. This is how cool our community is. I never, I almost never applied to these things. And Joni Leeds is like, you should submit this. And this was like the 12th hour. I'm like, okay, I'll do it at 11 o'clock at night. And then I got it the next day. So it was awesome. What? That's, wait, just like right <laughs> back to back like that? Literally, like I, first of all, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have applied. And then Joni Leeds, who's, as you know, won a Grammy two years ago. She yeah. said, you should submit this. And I was like, it's such a cool community because we all, you know, we all look out for each other and there's so much support and so much love and so much openness in our community. Yeah. And it's really, I mean, you can't be in, you can't, most people are pretty nice. If you're a kid's musician, you kind of have to be a nice person. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that as well. There's kind of, you know, I, I there's no, everyone's approachable because that's kind of part of the job. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly so yeah it's it's cool to it's really nice to talk to someone who has really committed to children's music I mean this is your main thing yeah that's all I do you know I haven't gotten to that point yet maybe I will maybe I'll keep doing this double genre thing that's it is a little hard for my brain but you know I might go there but it's always really encouraging and, and neat to see somebody who's really committed in the way that you have thank you thank you I'm excited to see what you keep doing, you know, as you go. And I'm excited for your album too. So I'm excited to release it. It's a bebop Thank you so much for having me. And I really appreciate all the kind words and it's so affirming. I've been doing this for over 15 years, but you know, I'm still one of those people who always question if I'm doing the right thing. And I, but I do love what I do every day and I love kids so much. They make me so happy and they make me smile. I'm glad you are a leader in this community. So thank, thank you. you for coming on yeah. to this program. Thank you for, yeah, thanks for doing this. Let's go ahead and listen to one of the songs off of Little Miss Anne's new EP, Dim Sum for Everyone. We're going to listen to Ube 2.0 featuring Kimberly Stewart. And I got to see Little Miss Anne perform this with Susie Shelton at the Jalopy Theater last month. And it was so much fun. The children were singing along. Everyone was doing all the movements. And it was seriously so fun. So enjoy. <laughs>
This podcast is produced, mixed, and mastered by me, Camille Harris, from the Silly Jazz Band. We're under at the Silly Jazz Band on Instagram. And if you want to send us an email, our email is sillyjazzband at gmail.com. Have a great day. Bye.